I'm going to minister today, and, I, and I, to be honest with you, I'm going to cut it short because i got two parts. I'm going to do part one today and part two next week, so I'll cut it a little short on account of the heat, uh, and I know it's uncomfortable for you. But um, I can tell you this, this is better than the alternative. But um, I'm going to minister on, don't take another step until you take the first step. Am I the only one that's ever been that way where it seemed like I've made a lot of bad steps? And then after we've made a lot of bad steps, I find out I've got to go back and start all over again and start at uh, day one or whatever. We've all been there. Uh, the Bible says in Psalms 37:23, The steps of a good man are ordered of the Lord. And that's a good woman also. He's talking about a good person. The steps of a good man are ordered of the Lord. He delights in his way. Though he fall, he shall not be utterly cast down, for the Lord upholds him with his hand. Well, what makes us then in that category where the Lord would take care of us? We're going to get there and find out. Verse 30, the mouth of the righteous speaks wisdom, and his tongue talks of justice. The law of his God is in his heart. None of his steps shall slide. Wouldn't that be nice to know that whatever we do, we're not going to fail? But is there a way we can get there? I'm going to show you. There's a way that we can line up in our steps which are ordered of the Lord and everything we do is prosperous. But I like this here. I'm going to add this one here. I just saw this. Psalms 39.1 said, and here's where we get in trouble. I said, this is David. David said, I will guard my ways, lest I sin with my tongue. I will restrain my mouth with a muzzle. The reason we get in a lot of trouble is this thing between our two ears. And David said, if I keep my mouth shut... Brother Hagin used to say something years ago when we was in Bible school. He says, if you keep your mouth shut, they won't know how stupid you are. So it's sometimes it's just better to keep our mouths shut uh, and, and, and go on, you know. But what is the first step that we make? Number one, the first step is submission. Well, I appreciate the encouragement here to help me this morning. Submission. That's the hardest thing for people to do is submit to authority or anything else. Especially, we have problems submitting to God. And that's where we get in trouble because submission is the first step to receiving the things of the kingdom of God. Submitting to Him. Submission lets you get into what God has for you. It it gets you in a level where when you submit to Him, He reveals to you what you're going to receive. I... I thought about this, they were singing, and I thought about this as a young boy. Uh, actually, I was 20 years old. <coughs> and you people here that have not bought my book, and it's a lot of you that need to buy the book to help me. Um, I've got them on sale now for $12. Just got a discount on them. Got them on the back table back here, so y'all need them. So this is actually in the book. 
But as a young boy, 20 years old in Vietnam, <clears throat> uh, me and two other guys had been out on a recon patrol for three days. Me and two other men. Take no food with us, living off the jungle. We would go through a village and maybe get food from the villagers or whatever. For three days, we were been out on a recon patrol by ourselves in the jungle. And so when we came back on the third day, it was about 2 o'clock in the afternoon. Now, at our base camp in Vietnam, we had never had Cokes at our base camp, never had beer. They would drink Cokes and beer, and the helicopter would drop them. We never had them at our forward camp. But that night, that day, the U.S. Army had dropped uh, just cases and cases of beer and Coke. Now, I know y'all are going to think I'm bad, but I would indulge <laughs> on a cold one if I got an opportunity. At 20, I wouldn't now, but at 20 years old, I would. Now, I know y'all think bad about me, but I, whatever. I get back at the base campus about 2 o'clock in the afternoon. They got all this ice down. I report to the captain. I go in and report to the captain. They report what I'd seen. Um, me and these two guys was laying on the side of a highway, and I watched a company of North Vietnamese regulars walk by me within 50 meters. I could smell them. Now, you'll suck up a lot of things when you see that. So I go back to the base camp and I report what I've seen. And the captain said, well, since you know the exact location where they're moving on this highway, we're going to send you and your squad back out for an ambush patrol. What is my first reaction? I'm going to tell you, well, I'm not going to repeat my first reaction, what I, what I said. It's almost like a song, Why Me, Lord? Why me? I've been out for three days. I hadn't had a meal, a decent meal. I hadn't had a Coke, beer, or nothing. They bring that into the base camp, and the captain says, you're going to go tonight to ambush that company on North Vietnamese records. But I said, okay. Submission to authority. The number one thing that will get you out of the will of God is not being able to submit to authority. You read a lot of David's writings in, in Psalms, and you, they, he was big on that. Submission to authority. Now, in, where we're at, our submission is to the, to the Lord, or listen to His voice. John 10, 27 says, My sheep know my voice. And there's another scripture that says, My sheep know my voice, and none other will they follow. So when we're listening to the voice of the Lord, and we submit to Him, He's never going to lead us astray. He's always going to lead us in the right path. When we, when we truly submit to Him and listening to Him. I can tell you this. I, uh, I just may t sell a few stories in today. I'm going to Gallatin Wednesday morning at 6.30 in the morning. I'm driving down the highway, whatever it is, the bypass. Now, I leave Portland here about 6, 6.15 in the morning, so I'm praying in the Holy Ghost. Well, don't look shocked to me. I pray in the Spirit. Amen. I'm praying in the Spirit. 
What are you doing? I'm driving down the highway to Gallatin praying in the Holy Ghost in an unknown tongue. What? Trying to get uh, 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 for God to speak. I want to hear something. I want to know that God's given me the right direction. I'm going to the clinic. I'm praying in the Holy Ghost. I get to Gallatin, the Highway 25. I'm sitting at a red light. And the Lord said this. Now, I don't know why He would tell me this. He was going to be there anyway. But the Lord, I'm praying, and the Lord says, I'm sitting at the highway there, and the Lord said this. When you get back to the church, and you go to the mailbox, there's going to be a check in there for $500, and gave me the person's name. I go to the, my, my little thing over at Galton. I come back to church Wednesday. The mail runs. I said, oh, Lord. I saw the mailman. And I said, uh, I better go check this out. I go to the mailbox. Did I show it to you? You was here, right? When I got the mail. Okay. Uh, I go to the mailbox. I get this letter. From this guy, well, I already knew what it was. See, the Holy Ghost will reveal things to you and show you things to come. If we listen to the Spirit, we don't listen to the voice of the Lord. We're busy doing other things, running our mouth, watching a Bluetooth or whatever we're doing. You can't watch days of our lives and the world flips and all this other kind of stuff and get in tune with the Holy Ghost. If you want to get in with the Holy Ghost again, He'll help you. I go to the mailbox. I show him the check. There's a check in there for $500. Did I tell you what the Lord told me? There's a check in there for $500. There's a guy and his wife that live in Gallatin that sends us checks in the mail. They, they, they've been to our church several times, and they love our church. But he happens to be on the board of directors at the Nazarene church. Yeah. Yeah. He loves me! <laughs> I mean, really, truly, how could you not love me? <laughs> I mean, I asked that question. This guy loves our church and loves me. This guy puts more money in our church. Now, I want you to get this. This guy puts more money in our church than over half of the people that go to our church. Let me say that again. Here's a guy that does not come to our church, but will put more money in our church than people sitting right here on the anointing of God, and that could get blessed if they would hook up and submit. That one of the biggest problems with submission is what's in your hind end pocket. We have a problem with that. You know, because they just want our money. That's the knock on the church. They just want our money. Well, I'll tell you something. I don't need your money. God needs 
your obedience, and He needs your submission. Let me tell you something. The reason that little lady, let me, I'll just go ahead and tell off on, on that little lady and her little husband. I'll tell you why she got healed. They come to this church out of another church where the pastor wouldn't pray for them and wouldn't pray for her being sick and wouldn't pray for her cancer. And I, you know what they did? They came to this church and, and, and got off of their pocketbook and started tithing. That's the reason God can bless them, because they're faithful in their tithes and offerings. They didn't do nothing special. They just come, listen to the Word a while, and believe God would do what He said He would do. That's all. So then, it, it, God wants to do that for everyone. But what happens is, we've taken so many missteps, our first step that we should take with God is submission. Mike, I listened to that podcast thing. And you know, I listened to that yesterday. You put one of the sermons on there. And I listened to that podcast thing. And, and um, I don't normally like to listen to my, you know, I don't like to listen to my, my preaching. But I listened to a little of that podcast. And I thought, man, that guy's pretty good. I mean, I don't, man, I tell you, that was, that was good. Well, and, and, and I'll tell you something else that Brother Mike's doing. We're going to start filming our services. They're going to be on YouTube, Facebook. And all of that, we just invested in cameras and and all that for people to be able to see it. So I thank Mike for doing all that. He's done a great job on doing that. Now, the number one hindrance to your submission is one word. Anxiety. Philippians 4, 6 says, Be anxious for nothing. Oh, let, let me find it. Philippians 4, 6 says, Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication. That word supplication is the same as submission. Prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Let your request be known to God. If we're lined up and submitted to God... When we ask for something, we ought to be able to get it. Now, I know that young boy here. He told me what he's believing for. And I tell you what, we're going to have to have a big God again. He wants some kind of, he told me this morning, some kind of Corvette with a motor in the middle and all this other kind of stuff. And uh, it only costs like 90-something thousand dollars. Well, I, I mean, it, it, it what? And so... Now, I've got to stretch my face to believe for that. Because, number one, he ain't got a job. I mean, God's going to have to really do something here. But it's possible. I will say this. It is possible. But he said, be anxious for nothing. Get out of your anxiety. And with prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your request be known to God and the peace of God. You know why these people are blowing their brains out? Because they have no peace. They got all their, they're looking for peace in all the wrong places. It's like the old country song, looking for love in all the wrong places. And he said, the peace of God will surpass all of your understanding. 
and will guard your heart and mind. You notice that there is very important. He said he would guard your heart and mind. It's ain't about your spirit. Because if you're spiritual and spirit-filled, you don't have no problem with the spirit. But the problem, the problem is in your heart and your mind is where the devil works. See, if you're spirit-filled, you're strong enough. The devil cannot attack you in the spirit. But he attacks you in your head and your heart. So he said that he will guard your heart and your mind through Jesus Christ. But it's anxiety that causes people to make the wrong steps. Can I tell one more story? Well, I'm going to anyway. In 19... I got saved in 1990. And so... I was in the carpet business. And so I got saved in 1990... Becky said that, that I was a nut and I needed to go to Bible school, but I didn't listen. And so there's 1990, about 1992, about 91, I had three houses built. Well, I had one older home that we lived in. Three houses and I couldn't sell them. I had three houses that was 1,300 square feet and I couldn't get $60,000 for them. That's how the economy was in 1990. So what I did was I had construction loans on them. So I was borrowing from Peter to pay Paul. And so what happened was the real estate agent that had a lot next to two houses I had built, he came to me and he said, Herb, he said, I got this lot here. I need to sell it. I'll let you have it real cheap and you can build you another house. Now, I, you think you think about this? I got two right there that I can't sell. The agent comes with, with a with a lot, and he wants me to buy this lot, and now I got three, plus another one we're living in. And so, I'm at church on a Wednesday night at Trinity Fellowship Church. Not a lot of people there, so uh, and so I'm thinking about this because here's my logic. I'm, in, I'm anxious. If you ain't never been in this situation, you don't know what I'm talking about. But brother, I've got, I've got two construction loans that I'm paying interest on. Uh, that's every month about $400 that I'm paying interest on. I can't sell them. I can't, I can't give the things away. And so, I got another house we're living in. So, I, I, I go up to the altar. That's something that's missing in our churches today. We don't ever get to the altar. And, and, and uh, the old Pentecostal people used to say, you pray through. Well, what does that mean? That means you pray until you get through. That you get through to Him. And so I'm praying. The Word of the Lord came to me. Now you understand, in 1990, I done had a vision of Jesus. This is 1991. So I knew the voice of the Lord. I'm praying on the, on the altar. And I heard this voice. Do not buy this lot. As, as, as plain as I'm speaking to you, this voice came. Do not buy this lot. I, I, I'm a Holy Ghost guy. I'm supposed to listen to God. 
You know what I did? I went the next morning and bought the lot. Went to the bank and got a construction loan to pay for the lot. So now I've got three construction loans. And, and, and Paul is paying Peter or Peter, pay, whatever the deal is. One of them is paying the other one to try to get that. So we're living in Becky's mother's house that we uh, remodeled in East Nashville. And so I, I had enough sense to say this. I said, now, Lord, I, I, I made a bad mistake. I know about it. But see, anxiety caused me to move instead of listening to the voice of the Lord. I'm taking steps that I shouldn't take. I realize what I've done. But it's done too late. But here's what I did. I said, now, Lord, I'm going to start fasting until I get the answer. I am going to fast until you speak to me about this situation. Well, I'm fasting. On the third day, the word of the Lord come to me. I'm going to take care of this situation with your houses. But I want you to sell everything you've got and go to Bible school. And I said, now I wonder what voice that is. <laughs> we had a woman show up to our house in East Nashville that wasn't even really for sale. We were going to keep it. Within three weeks, I've got rid of all of them. So God gave me a plan, and the, and the plan was this, and Roy knows it. Actually, I sold two of them to his brothers. They didn't have no money either. But we worked out a deal, and, and they, they done excellent. They paid, they, they finally got the loan. But I sold it on a, a, a lease purchase, George and uh, Emmanuel. And so two of them I sold. The other one I, uh, uh, I built, I got sold. Uh, we sold the one in East Nashville. So, to make a long story short, I say this. When I got with God, God started showing me things. When we get away from all the extractions uh, and attractions, God will speak to you. And so that's just one little thing that, that, that I know that God done. And then my little wife, you know, she was wanting me to go to Bible school anyway because she had she'd already said, you know, you're too wild. You are absolutely too wild to be. You've got to go somewhere where somebody can calm you down. I tell you what, Bible school will do. Bible, if you let it, Bible school will take the fire out of you. We had to preach, you know. It's okay if I just, I'm just kind of. We had to preach at Bible school. So, my, my time to come up at Bible, now this is Bible school. And so my time to preach is in our, our session. And we've got about 45, 50 students in, in the mission class that I'm in. 
So my time is to preach that morning. So you've got to write the sermon out, title it, and have all the correct points. And all, you know what I'm talking about. Have all the exact uh, conclusions and delusions and whatever. So I got it written out. We're driving to Bible school that morning, and the girl that rides with us to school said, uh, uh, I mean, she is really out there. She said, uh, Herbie, what are you preaching on this morning? I said, the title of my sermon is, What in Hell Do You Want? She said, as Becky said, well, what in hell do I want? I said, you dig bad? I said, ain't nothing in hell you want. But that's the sermon. I said, what in hell do you want? I'll tell you the fact. I get up that morning. we got 12 minutes to preach an entire sermon. 12 minutes. If the bell go, if the bell go, when the bell goes off, if you don't stop, you fail. That's, that's right. So I'm up there and I'm going to preach. Twelve minutes. When I get up to preach, there's a girl, there's, there's desk, you know. There's, uh, like in a school, there's desk. And so I get up to preach and I got my Bible. And my Bible's all worn. I mean, it's really worn. It's tattered and worn. And so I get up to preach that morning. And so... The bell goes off for me to start. This girl is sitting on the front row right here on the end. I take my Bible and I slam it on her desk. And man, it sounded like a gun had gone off. I went, Pah! if you don't get saved, you're going to hell. And so I started preaching. I gave an altar call. Becky tell you, I gave an altar call, and three of them accepted Jesus at Bible school. Becky is in the next classroom. She'll tell you. Becky's in the next classroom, and she said, I don't know what went on over there. There's a lot of hollering and screaming. Am I right? And so I got through with the sermon, and so the next morning the instructor critiques you. And so I go back there, and so uh, Brother Beatty is looking at my sermon outline, and uh, he says, Now, Herb, he said, I can't make nothing out of this. <laughs> he said, uh, I've never seen nothing like it. He said, The only thing I can tell you is this. Just keep being you and quit trying to be something that you're not. Well, he gave me an A plus on the thing. So we have students that that uh, put in critique notes. You know, like they'll have like there was like five students in the audience that critique my my message. And so I got four good ones, and I got this one that a lady wrote, and she said, "It's a crying shame that that man would get up and preach with a Bible tore all to pieces." That was her critique, you know. Well, if she'd had a Bible tore all to pieces, she wouldn't have had to have been in Bible school. Oh, amen. But anyway, well, I've done gone too long now. It's hot in here. I've, I've got to go. But anyway, but we're talking about we make mistakes because we get anxious. We get anxiety and get, and, and get upset. Uh, 
I, I'm going to go, I got off kilter today, if that's okay. Um, but anyway, I got kind of off what I was going to do. But uh, maybe you don't want to put this one out. I mean, you know. But, um, but um, I was going to go over to Jonah. You remember what happened to Jonah when he didn't listen to God? That's where I was going to go. So we're going to go next week and finish up on part two of this. Well, I appreciate your excitement. I mean, I, mean, I, I know it's really good. But anyway, Roy, do me a little something. We're going to worship and praise him this morning a little bit. And I, I'm sorry I got off uh, my message, but maybe you got something out of it. Praise the Lord.